Welcome to Your Team with Sue and Steph. I'm Sue. And I'm Steph, and we are the co-founders and owners of Your Teen Media, the resource for parenting tweens and teens. And today we're talking with Betsy Jewell, career exploration specialist for teens and the host of High School Hamster Wheel podcast. And I've been a guest on her show, and Stephanie is going to be a guest on her show as well soon. But today she is on our show. Before we talk to her, we're going to take just a minute to talk about dealing with our kids and their career exploration. How's that, stuff? How we didn't do any of it? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I think it's more come to the forefront now than it has in years past when my kids were younger. But it got me thinking about how did my kids find their paths? And one of the things I like about what Betsy is doing is that, you know, my kids aren't so far off from where you would have guessed. And so for kids who, for all of us, right, when someone points out that, like, I'll give you an example. When I when I talk to people who are trying to figure out their next stage of life, there's an immediate excitement when something gets mentioned that is in their wheelhouse, like that is the thing they want to do. And everything else is kind of like, oh, I could think about that. I could think about that. And then someone says something and you hear immediate enthusiasm over that one. And it just seems like pay attention to that, right? Like pay attention to the things you say yes to. But for our kids, nobody really talks about that. And so they often enter college or whatever their next experience is. Like, I don't know what to major and I don't know what to do next. And so I think when I look back at my kids, my first went off to college. I had all sorts of assumptions of what she would do. And she got out of college as a journalist and the thing that overrode that was her inability to make enough money to live on. So then she pivoted. So whatever we decide in high school, it's not going to be for life. We know that. We, You and I started a business way past our teenage years. Not so fast, a little bit yeah, past. Yeah, a few years. Yeah. But then I look at my other kids and my son, who is a filmmaker, he started on that journey in high school. That was easy to see. And then my third kid, my fourth kid actually, Watch TV all through high school. And no, seriously. No, I remember when you, yeah, I know. I remember, that's why I'm laughing. I remember the conversation. She just loved TV and loves TV. And I thought, you know, first of all, she's so lucky. She's my fourth. But I was able to look at that and say like, okay, so there are a lot of people who live in the space of TV and movies, right? Like telling her to stop watching TV seemed silly because it was her passion. But instead I said, you know, watch movies till the very end and see who does what. See what's see what are the careers people make out of this. And that was not because I was smart. It was because I didn't want to battle with her over her time spent in front of the TV. And she's now working in the entertainment industry. So I think, you know, I did open the door for that particular kid, but it would have been helpful for everybody to sit down and talk to a, a non-mother about like what floats your boat or what colors your parachute or what, <laughs> whatever other books have been written or words we use to describe finding out what, should, what you should do with your life, at least at the moment, because we know that it changes. No, and I think that's a really good point. I think the reality is we're probably happiest and best suited <laughs> for the things that make us happy, right? So if you start with like what you, your story about Hannah, that was what made her happy. And that was the space she was in. And so you gave her the latitude to say, to think about it differently, right? To say like, okay, well, could you do with that? Instead of being like, oh my God, what are you going to do with that? Right? Like, I mean, and again, she's your fourth. Okay, fine. I mean, I have to caveat everything with that. 
there is one story, to be honest about this, there's a story that turned this around. So Fault in the Stars was coming to Cleveland. It was like Cleveland won some contest and Fault in Our Stars? What's the name of it? Fault yeah, in- you're right. That was good. That was a great retrieval. Yeah, it wasn't coming. So Fault in Our <laughs> Stars, the cast was coming to Cleveland and my that daughter was like obsessively talking to me about getting a media pass to go down there. And I had never done it before and have never done it since and was really feeling fraudulent and asking for it. But it, in fact, was a book and a movie for teenagers. So it wasn't so out of line with our mission. But I did it. I did it because she was unrelenting. And that might not be a big enough word. (laughs) Also, you know, I asked other people and they said, of course you should do this. This is absurd. You're a media company. So I did it. And we get down there and there's a bunch of people my age and there's like a mini red carpet and all the actors are walking across and they answer questions. And it it was kind of fun and simple at the same time. And what happened is before the actors were coming out, Hannah was holding a press conference because none of the people there knew the cast. And so she was talking to some guy next to us about, oh, well, she was in whatever. And all of a sudden, she's literally holding a press conference. And I thought, you know what? There's a career here. This is silly to shove her into some traditional role that will not make her happy. So it wasn't out of intuition on my part. I want to be clear. Yeah, well, okay, fine. <laughs> but I do, <laughs> fine. Let the record state, right? Or like the whatever you lawyers say. Let the record, Let record reflect. reflect. <laughs> so, um, no, but I, I do think, and you have to have... I would say this goes with everything with parenting. If you can let yourself not be so maybe myopic, I don't know what the word is, and just think in a bigger framework. Somebody we were interviewing the other day was talking about getting peppered with questions when you come home. Well, you know, what's your SAT score? What did this do? What do you think about doing? Instead of saying things like, oh, well, what? tell me what appealed about that to you. Like, I've noticed you love these shows about this. Or I've noticed, you know, take a, how, how many parents have we heard say like, well, could you make a career out of gaming? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not it's actually can a major. You. Yeah, it's a major. It's a really good career. So I think that ability to really look at our kids. And again, I think this could be the theme of all of our podcasts, Sue, and everything we do, because it probably is, is this approach about coming at something with curiosity. That really seems to be a great approach in so many situations. So again, you know, you've got a kid who's gaming, like, oh, I'm so curious. Tell me what appeals to you. You know, I I see you spend a lot of time doing this, you know, without the judgment, like, oh my God, like how many, you know, how how long can he be up in his room? How, right? But just saying like, you know, I'm curious about this. And I, this, Betsy's approach to thinking about our kids and maybe what makes them tick and as you're approaching college and turning into this adult, how are you going to take the things you like and turn that into something? It's so refreshing. I think that it is a pivot in the way we look at our kids and how we think our role is with them. And it's not one that is easy to do. And it's also not one we've been taught before, which is that we are not shaping our kids. That's a sentiment that I thought when I had kids, that that was my role. And I think we model things as parents. And I, you know, certainly there are times where we are directing our kids, but when they hit high school and they're looking toward their future, you know, if, if you always dreamt of them being something, you may have to let that go. Like it, it just may not be what they're searching for, but it is all a work in progress. And we are always trying to figure out what's the best way to have that conversation. A story is coming to mind that a friend shared with me that, 
you know, the generation we're in, we are so quick to put them down a path, right? They show an interest in something specific. You're like, oh my God, he's good in math and science. She's good at math. She's going to be an engineer. He's going to be an engineer. And one of my friends tells this great story. She showed up for, <laughs> she showed up for like a high school concert and she knew it was a concert. Okay. She knew her kid was part of that, you know, ensemble or whatever it was. And all of a sudden they announced they're going to have they say, somebody, well, now we're going to bring out the so-and-so quartet, and out comes her kid in the quartet. And she's like, what the heck? And he sings. She didn't even know he could sing or whatever. So he gets done. <laughs> They're driving home. And she's like, why didn't you tell me? He's like, why didn't I tell you? Because you would have put me into lessons. Then I would have had a voice coach. Then I would have been going to competitions. And, then, and she's like, oh, my God, he was so right. That is exactly how it would have gone down. And I love that story. I'm like, oh my God, I must have that story in a, a million other versions, but that is the one that pops to, to my head. I'm like, oh my God, it makes me laugh so hard because I'm like, yes, that is what I would do. That's a funny story. I'm sure that's going to resonate with a lot of our listeners. All right, so I just want to mention that Betsy Jewell, our guest for today, we met her because we are both part of the Evergreen Podcast family. So shout out to Evergreen and thank you for making this forever friend relationship. It's because of you. We hope we inspired you enough to stay on and listen to our conversation with Betsy Jewell. We cannot wait for you to join us. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes. Betsy Jewell is a career exploration specialist for teens and young adults, and she is the host of the High School Hamster Wheel podcast. After 20 years in corporate America, Betsy pivoted to pursue her passion for helping teens explore paths through and beyond high school. By guiding teens and young adults through a proven process of career discovery and exploration, Betsy empowers young people to chart a course that will lead to career readiness and provide the standout factor that will propel them forward as they transition to life after high school. Thank you so much for joining us, Betsy. Betsy, tell us why did you start the podcast High School Hamster Wheel? Well, I'll try and give you the short version. So. When I went to high school many, many moons ago, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And while I applied to schools, multiple colleges, I still didn't know what I wanted to do when I graduated. So I decided to attend our local community college. 
And I don't think I made it a year before I quit. And I decided I was going to start working because I still didn't know what I wanted to do. (laughs) So I got a job and I really, I got a taste of working and I really enjoyed it. And I spent the next 10 years going back to school at night and I ended up getting my associate's degree, but never finished my bachelor's and kind of regretted it a little bit because I was working in corporate America with all these like MBAs and all these really smart, educated people. But I knew with hard work and with the right opportunities that I could do well, and I did. But after 20 years and my boys started to grow up and become teenagers, I started to see what I now call the high school hamster wheel. So I started seeing all of our teens, you know, hit the ground freshman year and what AP classes are you going to take? And you better get your GPA up and don't forget the SAT and that extracurricular won't look good on a college application and all those things. And I just, it just broke my heart because I saw kids burning themselves out and working really hard, but nobody was stopping to say, but what do you want after high school? What do you want your life to look like? So I knew I wanted to work with teens. I knew I wanted to help them find their way. And I quit my job and started the podcast. And that's how I ended up where I am. That's a great story. I love it. I I love it. I feel like I'm reaching... Because the podcast, as we know, teens don't listen to podcasts. Well, my teens don't. (laughs) They don't even listen to mine. I knew I had to reach parents because those were the audience. And and I just think, you know, much like your podcast, I think parents need help. And parents want to hear it from other parents. And it's a community. And we're all in this together. So what could I do? What resources could I bring? And and what experts and what parents could come on the podcast and talk about this and help help our parents as they guide their kids through high school and beyond? Yeah, we're really having the same goals. And I just want to make you feel better and let you know that in my house, you said my kids don't listen to any podcasts, even mine. And I would say my kids do listen to podcasts, but especially not mine. (laughs) (laughs) And mine don't listen to mine. And my husband doesn't listen to mine. My husband doesn't either. I win there. I win there. I was going to say your husband doesn't know that you have a podcast. (laughs) That would really be the ultimate trump. That would be funny. That is funny. He knows. All right, so the name, why, and how did you come up with it? I knew it had to be something about, and I went through so many names, right? Like, follow your own path, open your own door, you know, all these different things. I'm like, it's just not really hitting the mark. And it was my husband who, I joke that he doesn't listen to my podcast. He listens. He's just not my most loyal listener. (laughs) But he walked into my office one day. I think I might've been laying on the floor, you know, trying to get a different perspective going, what am I going to call this? And he's like, it's like the kids are on a hamster wheel. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. He's like, it's like the high school hamster wheel. Like, that's exactly right. So... I have to give props. It was his idea. It's a great name. Okay, so you talk about helping your kids figure out what they want to do in their lives at a time where I think most of us aren't really feeling like that's the time to do it. It seems like a later time, and you're suggesting it's an earlier time. And what I want to say in my own experience is that, you know, I paid attention to what my kids loved and what they seemed to excel at. And that, for me, was like, set in motion this, okay, so they're going to want to go to medical school and they're going to want to be this. And I had plans for them. 
And when they went to college, they didn't follow my plans, which I was fine with. Both my husband and I were like, you know, you be you in college. But my point, I guess, in bringing it up is I don't think my story is unusual. I think that the message we get in the world is that you're given a piece, a lump of clay, and you are going to mold it. And somewhere along the way, that story needs to change. And I don't know what age that's at. I don't know if it's at birth and we tell a different story, but for sure, you think that it has to change by high school. Yeah, I definitely think it has to change by high school. And I think if possible, we should change it earlier. I interviewed Julie Lithgott-Hames recently, as you know, and one of the the most favorite things I read in her book is our kids aren't bonsai trees, they're wildflowers. And I love that because it's so... It's such a great analogy. Bonsai tree is all about sculpting and making it perfect and making it the way we want it to look. But we all know, you know, once you have teenagers, you know darn well, you don't have control over that as much as you think you do and want to. And I think a lot of it has to do with mindset. I think for parents, it starts with us. Like we have to understand that what we want for them is nine times out of 10, not what they want for them. And while we all have these visions of what our kids are going to do. Look, my my now 17-year-old was a master Lego builder from the time he was four years old. You could put any Lego in front of him. He would open up that box, open up that manual, and he would put it together in record time. From like the time he was four till the time he was probably 12, and then it turned into robotics. And we would look at him and say, oh, you're so good at this. You're probably going to be an architect someday. Or you're so good at seeing how things work. You should be an engineer. And we kept putting all these things on him. And, you know, when he was young, he didn't say anything about it. But now he's like, I don't want to be an architect. I don't want to be an engineer. So it's all about us saying to our kids, asking the question, not telling them, asking them, what do you see for yourself? What do you want your life to look like? What do you want your day-to-day to be like? Because I think, and we'll talk about this, I think, it's not just about the title, and the career, it's about what that really means on a day-to-day basis. I love that. It's so liberating. It's kind of, it reminds me of many conversations we have at your teen where if you're not going in to solve something, you can really come from a place of just observing and being curious and all the things that we want. Um, So it feels, to me, it feels very liberating. So how do we help our kids explore before they have to make those commitment type decisions like college or work-based learning or a trade school? How do we get them there? You made a comment about earlier than high school. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. And I've actually done a lot of episodes on this with guests who have given their suggestions and their strategies for getting kids talking earlier. So it's not so much about the, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's the, what do you enjoy doing? And how does that feel? Or do you enjoy that X, right? So say your child is painting a picture. What do you like about that? Do you like doing the painting? Do you like the end result? Why do you like it? Trying to dig in. I mean, when they're younger, it's harder to have those conversations. But as they become teenagers, you can go much deeper. I partner with another gentleman. His name is Jay Dussold in a teen career coaching business. And we have a methodology where it's basically four phases. So Discover your design, find your fits, chart your course, and manage your mindset. Discover your design is the most important part 
Because what we do through story-based assessments, so look, there's a lot of assessments out there, right? There's Myers-Briggs, there's DISC, there's Enneagram, and we've all taken one or more of them at some point. The difference between those and what we do is ours are evidence-based. Those are preference-based. So those types of assessments give you, do you like this or this? Would you see yourself doing this or this? It's not about what you've done, what you've experienced, what you've enjoyed, and what you're good at. So we do these story-based discoveries, and we find out from these teams achievements. And they don't have to be big achievements. They don't have to be you won an award for it or you, you know, you're famous for it. It's just something that you did that you felt good about and that you did well. And then from those, we can dig in and learn more about them. And then there's, it's what Jay calls career DNA. So everybody has career DNA. It's within you. It's the things that get you excited about what you're doing. It's the subject matter you're working with. It's the circumstances that you're working in and it's the motivational payoff. And we're able to discover that through this methodology. And then we work with the teens to help them find fits. But, you know, a lot of teens will come to us and say, I want to go to college. Okay, why do you want to go to college? Because I want to get an education. Okay, for what? I don't know yet. And I hear a lot of parents say, let them go, let them explore. Well, that's a really expensive experiment if your kid doesn't know what they want to do. And look, I have no problem with going to college if it's the right fit, if it's a means to an end, and if you know, have an idea at least what you want to do. Because if not, whether it's a trade school, a college, community college, whatever that path is, it's important to find out what you're good at and where you're headed rather than just going for the education. So I want to say that two of my kids, one went to college and said, you know, I don't really know what I want to do. And I thought, wow, that is a lot of money for not knowing what you want to do. And then the next one went to college certain what he wanted to do. And I said, oh, don't box yourself in before you even (laughs) explore. So from my perspective, there is no right answer to that question. But I want to ask, like, so you tell the story of your son and how Legos led to a whole future for him that he doesn't want. So have you put him through this test? And like, can you give an example of what he and you both learned from that? Oh, yeah. So Jay, very kindly, as I started to train with him to do career exploration with teens, he said, let's have your son go through it so you can see how it works and understand it. And I thought he'd be reluctant, but he wasn't, probably because it wasn't me administering it. (laughs) You know, if it's not your parent, sure, I'll do it. (laughs) Right. The theme, the recurring theme. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Totally. Uh, Exactly. So he learned a lot about himself. Some of it was surprising to me and some of it wasn't, but he learned about how he's wired. So he learned about what comes out of this, this process is what's called a motivated abilities pattern or a map The name of the business is Map in Me. And this is actually, by the way, the tool on the front end, the assessment tool is not new. It's it's called SIMA, S-I-M-A. And it's been used in corporate environments and businesses for decades. So it's not a new tool, but the way Jay's using it and applying it with teens is what's new. So he's built this whole structure around it to help teens discover their design. So what was your son's experience? So it's a 10-week course. So you go through and you 
you write these, they're called achievement stories about five different things that you've done in your life that you think you did well at and that you really enjoyed. And then Jay takes those stories and he does an interview with the teens. And then that data from the stories and the interview is put through this system, this application. And it comes back with this nine-page motivated abilities pattern. So that includes your motivated abilities, your subject matter that you enjoy working with. So maybe it's, you know, people. Maybe you enjoy being in groups with people. Maybe you enjoy finding information and analyzing information. Maybe you enjoy being outside. That's part of like environment. So environment's a piece of it. The operating relationship's a piece of it. And the motivational payoff, what's in it for you? I mean, everybody wants the paycheck, right? You ask a lot of kids, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, I want to be a doctor because I want to drive a Lamborghini and I want to make a lot of money. Don't be a doctor for that. Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Pick something else. (laughs) There's two parts to this, right? So number one is figuring out who they are. And the other part is finding fits for who they are. And that's where I come in. So my part of the coaching is the career exploration. So once we have a map for the students, we go on and we start to find fits based on their profile. And it starts out a broad range and we narrow it down and narrow it down and you get down to about three. And then they pick one to do a deep dive. So Ethan ended up with three. He ended up with forensic psychologist, which at first he thought he might be really interested in, but he didn't even know what that was before this exercise. Number two was a teacher, high school teacher, I think. And number three was uh, computer science, which by the way, we're a house full of nerds, like we're all computer nerds. So that wasn't really a reach. But he started to do the research. So he started researching forensic psychology. And while he was interested in it, he started to find out things about it. And this is where it gets really interesting. It's not so much the job, it's there's pieces of the job that you may love, and there's going to be pieces of the job that you don't love. And the question is, are those deal breakers, right? So he found out, well, if I want to be a forensic psychologist, I'm going to have to probably get a master's degree and likely a PhD. I don't want to be in school that long. So he crossed it off the list. But until you do that research and do the thinking about what it means to choose that path, a lot of kids start down the path and then halfway down the path go, uh, nope. Which is why 70% of kids change their major at least once. Some change it up to six times, which can result in a much longer stay at college. Which means a much bigger cost. Exactly. So, you know, we're talking about our kids doing this exploration, you know, really an in-depth career exploration before choosing their path. Can you talk about why you see that as so critical? You know, besides the, you know, we hit on the cost and everything, but maybe just what that does for them, you know, their psyche and their their approach through high school and beyond? Yeah, that's a great question. Look, COVID has put another layer on top of everything that our kids have been dealing with. You know, we know that the, the statistics are still climbing for stress and anxiety and depression and suicides in teens. And they are feeling so confused and conflicted about their futures and now add COVID onto it and it's even harder. Anything we can be doing to give our kids clarity and confidence before they go out into the world is just going to benefit them. And look, I I say this too, you're not picking 
what's for the rest of your life. It's not a forever choice. It's a what's next after high school. And maybe it's college and maybe it's not. College will always be there. I think that's part of the other thing. You know, I think our kids need to be empowered to make a choice that's not the norm, right? So when their parents are sitting in the football stands and they turn to each other and say, what's your kid doing this fall? And and one says, oh, you know, he's going to Cornell or he's going to University of Florida, whatever it is. Parents need to have the confidence to say, you know what? My kid needs some more time. He's going to go to community college or he's going to take a year off and do a gap year or whatever it might be. And our kids need to know that not only do we have their back on that, but we celebrate it. Because I'm tired of having conversations where parents, you can see the look on their face. Well, what's Johnny doing in the fall? Well, he doesn't know. He's going to think of it. And then you get that look of horror on the face. Like, seriously? The worst. It's the worst. Ugh. Yeah. So it has to be more normalized, right? Like, yeah. you don't have to go directly. Right. Okay. So how is it different than, so we had as a sponsor on our eight-week college series, ASFAB. And they have a career exploration tool. It's called ASFAB Career Exploration Tool. And then, you know, our kids are given these aptitude tests throughout their academics. Is there, is yours different and how is it different? It is different because we've looked at a lot of, of the tests, of the aptitude tests that are out there. I've seen ASFAB. I don't, I can't speak in detail about it, but ours is different because it's, it's a assessment paired with coaching. So, the assessment happens up front, but we don't stop there. It's a 10-week path where we walk them through, here's your assessment, here's what it means, here's how you can dissect it and understand it, and talk through them with it. Like They can say, you know what, this doesn't sound like me at all. You missed the mark on this. And we can say, okay, let's talk about that and figure it out. And then beyond that, we can say, okay, now that we know what this assessment is saying, What does that mean for you? How do you apply it? I think that's the difference too. There's not application with most of these assessments. It's just kind of a one-off, here you go, go figure it out. That's the important part is what we do with that assessment after. And by the time they come out of the 10 weeks, they are equipped not only with their assessment and not only with at least one potentially good fit, they have learned the skills the tools and the methodology that they can use for the rest of their lives. So we've taken them through this process and they have access to the worksheets and the tools and everything forever. So if they decide, okay, I'm going to go to school for psychology, for example, and they go to college and they get a degree in psychology and they work in the field for a year and they say, ugh, I'm not really enjoying this. They can go back to their map. They can go back to all the tools and they can assess another career that might be a good fit. So it's the whole teach a man to fish mentality, right? Like not only are we helping them the first time, we're teaching them how to help themselves going forward. So for our listeners, so they're hearing all of this and they're thinking, yeah, 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 (laughs) that that sounds great. (laughs) What do you suggest? What's next? What do they do to find out more about teen career exploration? I would say the first thing would be to join our Facebook group. It's Life After 12th. And if you're not on Facebook, you can watch our Wednesday live video streams on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, Life After 12th, and that's 1-2-T-H. And you can just go to the Map and Me website, M-A-P-I-N-M-E.com. And there's three microsites. There's one for parents, one for students, one for teachers. Anyway, there's multiple paths and you can get more information that way. We're actually running an in-person camp right here in Central Florida this summer 
for teens. It's kind of a mini version of the coaching. I'm really excited about that. And we're hoping to bring that to more markets. Betsy, we're going to close with the same question we ask all of our guests. What is the biggest myth about raising teenagers? I think the biggest myth is that, I don't know if it's a myth. So I'm just going to say we don't give them enough credit. So I think the myth is that we have to treat them like kids. I think the more we invite them into the conversation and empower them to make decisions and have agency in their own lives, the better relationship we have with them and the stronger they're going to be when they leave the home. Betsy Jewell, great way to end. Thanks so much for being here with us. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. Thanks for joining us for the Your Teen Podcast. If you have any topics that you want us to talk about, let us know on our Facebook page or email editor at yourteenmag.com. If you're someone who reads an article and thinks of that one friend who has to read it too, think of our podcast the same way. Please share with that friend who's going to say, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't know about Your Teen with Sue and Steph. And do us a favor and review and rate the show on the podcast platform of your choice. You can find more from us at yourteenmag.com, at evergreenpodcast.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Your Team with Sue and Steph is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Special thanks to executive producer Michael D'Aloya, plus producer Hannah Leach and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. We'll see you next time. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no.